Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio on a Tuesday morning. So following the win in Denver, what updates did Coach Andy Reid have for us yesterday? He was very upbeat. He liked the way the team is playing, and he was especially pleased with the fact that there were, quote, no new injuries of which he was aware, end quote. And that and that's good. Now, when we talk about injuries, folks, yes, you're going to have the nagging groin pulls and hamstring injuries and so forth and so on. But in terms of something that's debilitating over the course of a season, no, the Chiefs have been very lucky. They have had nothing, nothing really catastrophic happen to them. Case in point is, see how easily it can happen. Look at Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals. Oh Last night, God. it's a non-contact injury, folks. He's running along, running a... Actually, he's running for his life in this case, but a busted play, he's running out, and all of a sudden his knee goes out on him because evidently his cleats caught wrong. It looks like it's probably an ACM, whatever it is. It's a season-ending injury, and you have circumstances like that, but it hasn't happened to the Chiefs. They played well. Coach Reed was especially pleased with Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon, how well they have been running. Notice uh, yesterday that Damian Williams was released by the Atlanta Falcons, and there was some thought that perhaps the Chiefs should try to make a claim for him. Why? Come on, you've already got very good running backs. You still have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who is uh, sidelined with a high ankle injury, but he could probably come back somewhere along the line. I don't think they need anybody else. They have a very good roster, and Reed recognizes this. They're a good football team. Have the Houston Texans coming up this weekend, so yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on, and it looks like... Uh That's what it all comes down to, attrition. We talk about it every single time, whether it's football, baseball, or basketball. you got to keep these guys healthy, and that is who's standing on top of the mountain at the end of the season. That's why you recruit for depth. Hell yeah. Speaking of which, it was unfortunate to watch Kyler Murray go down so quickly in the game last night with the uh, Cardinals. But uh, it's crazy, Um, especially non-contact. But that happens. It happens all the time. Is that They're playing on turf, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, there were, he wasn't the only one that went down with an injury yesterday. There were others back in the Arizona Cardinals are star-crossed. They're losing a lot of players. Their, their turf situation is very interesting. It is real. It's real grass. And it is on top. Get this now. We're not, not exaggerating. The whole surface is based on railroad tracks. And it is, it is on a series of tracks because it is Arizona where at the end of the game, the turf doesn't remain inside under the roof. It goes outside under this huge opening and is allowed sun and the moisture, if there is any moisture in Arizona. It uh, absorbs the climate as such. Now, the, it is an open roof stadium. In other words, it's, it's one that you can retract and close if need be. But most of the time, it is closed. So as a result, you're able to get the turf and, and really guide it into really amenable circumstances for athletic competition. And it is because you have bowl games out there. You have national championships there. It's, it's really well done. It really is. You can't, you can't blame the church. Just blame the evil, evil I know, empire of I, whatever football is. I know, but at the same time, a lot of players do blame the turf. All right, so last night, Patriots beat the Cardinals. Um, Patriots might be kind of a sleeper team. Well, they're 7-6. and six. They're a game above 500 now, and, and they are in the hunt for a wild card berth. They could do it. It's Bill Belichick's team. He can guide that ball club the way no other coach can. He's, of course, you have to have the talent to do it. And the Jones kid, who's a quarterback now, an Alabama kid, 
he seems to have emerged into the leader that the Patriots need. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, their chances are pretty good. Missouri team gets an NCAA penalty for what? How does this happen? How does this happen? It's Division Two of all things. It's Missouri Southern State in Joplin. And their football program has been put on a three-year probation for recruiting violations. And there was even more than that, according to all the sources who are involved in this. The NCAA has come down and fined the Missouri Southern State of Bury. It's a minimal amount, $5,000, something like that. And docked them two scholarships. But they're putting them on three years probation. Now, does that ban them from postseason play? No, they just haven't made postseason play. They're not good enough to do that. But the Lions, under a previous, not the current, but the previous coaching regime, committed a number of errors, and it was reported in closing examination by coaches who had been dismissed from the program. They said, hey, you might want to keep an eye on this. Well, they have, and discovered the accusations were real. So the NCAA has handed Missouri Southern State's football program three-year probation, find them, taking away a lot of scholarships, not a lot, but two scholarships, and that program will continue on from there under a new regime. So after we saw kind of a crazy weekend in the college basketball world, we knew that the rankings were going to change this week. Certainly among the men, and they have, uh, Houston University knocked out of it, knocked off the number one spot when they lost to Alabama, and it was the way they lost, I think, that was the most disturbing of all for Houston. Houston's a good team. Kelvin Sampson's done a great job with that ball club and recruited well. Anyway, Houston had a, at one time a 44 to 29 lead over Alabama, playing in Houston, and lost the game. Alabama came back and won it, and that knocked the Houston Cougars out of first place. The new number one men's team in college basketball. And again, this is only for discussion purposes, folks. The games and championships are decided out on the court in the playoffs. Anyway, Purdue at the Big Ten Conference is the men's number one team, and reigning champion South Carolina is the number one women's basketball team. South Carolina, Dawn Staley's ball club is very good. They're undefeated, 9-0. Purdue is 10-0. They have a, a big game coming up here in the very near future, and it may be tonight. And this is interesting. You'd think, oh, this is going to be a walkover. South Carolina is going to Brookings, South Dakota, to play South Dakota State. Wait a minute, what kind of a matchup is this? Well, you're thinking more of football than anything else. But in basketball, women's basketball, it is a very good matchup. The South Dakota State women's basketball team, the Lady Jacks, are really good. Are they as good as South Carolina? Probably not. But for South Carolina to be going out to South Dakota to play, that is extremely interesting. And I'll update that. They play on Thursday night. Now, Purdue's next game is a sleeper. It's Davidson. And the Davidson Wildcats from South Carolina are very, very good. So there's there's a lot going on in these number one teams. Again, it doesn't mean anything. It's all for discussion purposes, just like the NFL power rankings. Hey, it's there to talk about. It is there to talk about, but it's exciting nonetheless. Um, but we still got a lot of basketball we played before we get to March. All right, so every time someone wins a Heisman Trophy... Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go into the NFL and just be studs. It happens, and it's also been duds in the past. But this year's Heisman Trophy probably won't be in the draft next year. Not probably. He won't be. He's not allowed to be. He's not eligible. And this is, to my knowledge, the first time this has ever happened. Now, I I go back to Archie Griffin at Ohio State, who's the only two-time Heisman Trophy winner ever back then the rules didn't exist and you couldn't turn pro until you're after your senior year of college all right this is different this is caleb williams and he cannot go in the draft he's not eligible to because he played one year at oklahoma 
and one year at Southern Cal. That was this year. You have to have three years out of high school before you're eligible to be in the NFL. Why is that? Well, it's for safety purposes. You want a kid to be mature physically when he gets in there, and most young men are by the time they've gotten to their junior and senior year in college. Not all, but most are. And the fact that Caleb, uh, Caleb Williams has only been out of high school for two years now, well, he can't go. So he's got to play another year at least out at Southern Cal, and he will be there. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good rule. It's one that's, uh, uh, I think it's based on a lot of very good things and injury being one of it and sustainability to injuries being another one. Anyway, he can't play, won't be. He'll be a Trojan next year, and we'll have a lot of fun. He could be, in all honesty, the second ever to win the Heisman twice. There's only been one, Archie Griffin, and that was, <laughs> Archie wouldn't like this, been 100 years ago. Yeah. It was back in the 1970s, but... It has happened before and may happen again. Yeah, we'll see what kind of team they get next year. I'm sure uh, SoCal's excited to have him back for sure. Um, last but not least, uh, we haven't really talked about a lot of hockey lately. It's probably because the Blues are having a losing season so far, but they did get a good win yesterday, didn't they? Beat the National Predators one to nothing in overtime. Now, the way that works in the National Hockey League, if you go overtime, the winner, of course, is going to get two points regardless. Regu- regular regulation game, overtime, doesn't matter. If you win, you get two points. If you lose in overtime, you get one point. And Nashville gets one point. St. Louis, of course, obviously gets two. One to nothing was the finals, and nothing-nothing game going into overtime, and the Blues finally won it. Now, you're right about the Blues, though. They have not had a banner season. They are two games under 500, 13 wins, 15 losses and a myriad of ties. The way it works in the National Hockey League is the teams accrue points as the season goes on. Two points for a win, one point for going into overtime. And that's how you guide your championship teams. Well, the Blues have 27 points so far this season. By way of contrast, the leading teams, the Winnipeg Jets and the Dallas Stars, have 37 points. That, at this time of the year, is an overcomable, if you can make an adverb out of that, which I did, uh, margin. You can do that at this time of the year. Later on in the season, uh, it gets a whole lot wider and a lot more difficult. But 10 points, Blues could make that up, but they better start to win on a regular basis. Yeah, it's just been kind of a meh season so far for the Blues, which is sad to see. Um, I don't know if that's a problem at the top, but it doesn't seem like they're playing very well together. Keep in mind, keep in mind, the year the Blues won the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah, I remember very well. Day after New Year's, they were in last place. Crazy. (laughs) Professional sports, my guy. Ned, you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow.